Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. A Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah to you from us here at the Film Room Podcast. This is the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I am Scott Seidenberg. It is such a great time of the year. Not only is it the holidays and New Year's is right around the corner, but Chris, we have reached the pivotal moment. The college football playoff is here. Semi-final action this weekend. Boy, I can't wait because I think we're going to get two really good games. Yeah, I I think it's going to be great. You know, it's funny because so many people since the conference championship weekend, it's it's a long time. It's a long time. And it is. But then as everybody's getting ready with family and holidays and whatever they do, shopping and cooking and all that, you know, they're going to just, you know, come out of Thanksgiving and wake up and it's going to be Thursday and Friday. Oh, by the way, the, the games are on Saturday. We tend to forget when Saturday is during during the holiday week <laughs> exactly. when it's in the middle of the week. So folks, uh, yeah, it is, it is here. And we're going to break down these two games for you that uh, certainly three of them have looked like uh, three of the best teams in the country all year long. And then Oklahoma's earned their way there as much as anybody. If you're going to have four teams in it, we're going to break down how it, uh, how it looks. Uh, I, inside I love the, film the fact for you. Guys, let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We each need eight hours of sleep. I know sometimes when I don't get a full eight hours of sleep, I just don't operate like my best self the next day. So one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get to sleep if you're too hot. So I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com pro. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro eight sleep.com slash pro. I love the fact that it's on a Saturday too, because you know, it's just Mm -hmm. college football Saturday. Like if it was, if this was like a Wednesday or something, or even the Monday, I know they do the championship game, which doesn't feel the same Saturday in college football feels right. Chris. Yeah, it does. Like I said, sometimes people have a hard time differentiating when is Saturday, when is Sunday during holiday week, but, <laughs> but it is great. Once Saturday gets you, it does make a lot of sense to, to do it there. And uh, I think it, uh, it's, uh, it's a time that people, at least if they're traveling, will maybe get a chance to either be settled back at home or settled where there are going to be between the holidays. So it's right slap dab in the middle of the holiday season and mm-hmm. for me it's a special treat because it happens to be my birthday the 28th Yay. so like a little a little birthday <laughs> present uh, for me and uh, on saturday watching these two games 
little birthday present with the college football playoff national semifinals. We love it. We love it. Well, it all gets started at 4 o'clock Eastern time with the Peach Bowl, and it is number one LSU against number four Oklahoma. And a lot of people are predicting an LSU blowout. Uh, I, I can understand why, Chris. They've been the best team all season long. Their offense has been high-powered. We've seen the Oklahoma defense be susceptible to high-powered offenses. But this Oklahoma team is no slouch, and they have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who has been here before, and I think experience plays a large factor here in this game, in this atmosphere, and it's very valuable to have a guy for for Oklahoma at the quarterback spot like Jalen Hurts, who has been here many, many times. Yeah, I think it, you know, I guess it depends upon the definition of a blowout. I, help me here where the line is in the game. I think it's 13 start, it was and a half. 13 and a half. It's pretty much stayed that way, I guess, of course, because uh, I think it opened up in that in that range, if I can recollect. And then um, Oklahoma loses, you know, three key guys. LSU, we shall see if the Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to play or not. And still in doubt, there's some people there think that maybe uh, it would be best just to sit them, thinking that they could beat Oklahoma without him. Well, we'll see what happens. He's got a hamstring injury, and uh, they're playing it close to the vast. Um, so we'll see if he plays. Look, I, I do agree with you that Oklahoma's got experience. They've been there before. They're more experienced than LSU in this moment. They've not had success in the playoffs, but they've certainly have had experience in this moment. Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, has had experience. This defense of Oklahoma's played a little bit better. One of the reasons why they've played better this year, well, there are a couple of reasons. One, I do think that Alex Grinch has done a really good job as a coordinator getting this guy, getting these guys lined up better. Uh, they're better positioned, and I think they do a better job of leveraging the run. I think they do a better job getting into their landmarks and coverage. So fundamentally, they're better. I think they're a better tackling team by comparison to what they've been in the past, which quite frankly has been atrocious. They've been at times this year for stretches a quarter or a half where they've reverted back to being just an awful defense again. Yeah. Um, this is a different team. And the reason, the second reason why their defense has looked a little bit better and maybe camouflaged to some degree is that the offense is different. They, the numbers may tell you one thing, but they're not the dynamic passing game that they've been in the past, but they're much better running it with the quarterback. And that's a big factor. So for Oklahoma to have success here, He's going to have to throw the football well. He's going to have to protect the football well, and he, I mean Jalen Hurts, and he's going to have to be effective, run, effective running the football. This LSU defense has been inconsistent throughout the year, actually consistently poor through a large portion of the year, but they've had a lot of guys injured. They've got some of those guys back healthy, and they've played better towards the back end of the season. So I think the key, though, is – defensively can Oklahoma maybe have some success, but can you hold down this LSU offense for four quarters? That's going to be the key because I think that it is certainly possible. And we've seen this in playoffs and in bowl games teams, maybe just be a little bit off the mark, maybe a little bit rusty because they haven't played, you know, and normally they're playing on a week or every other week. Now it's been a little bit longer layoff. Joe Burrow's won every award around the country and he's been traveling all around the country. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. they're flying in, getting off the plane, going to the practice. There's, there's some of that. But I think LSU is going to have to be a little sluggish 
for this game to be close. And even if you're able to have some success slowing them down, can you do it for four quarters? I look at the Georgia team that had a very good defense. They didn't come close to even slowing down LSU. So it's going to require LSU to be off their mark and to shrivel in the moment if Oklahoma has a chance here, I think. Well, LSU is top five in the country in offensive success rate. So mm-hmm. th- when they when they have the football, they finish their drives. They're one of the five best teams in the country in finishing drives. Defensively, Oklahoma is ranked outside the top 80 in that same category, mm-hmm. meaning they are allowing teams to complete drives with points as opposed to causing turnovers or causing stops and three and outs and whatnot. So this is a bad matchup in terms of an offense versus a defense and defensively for LSU top 15 in havoc rating, which means they're causing turnovers amongst the best teams in the country and against the Jalen hurts led offense. That is kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to turnovers and whatnot. I just think that this game leans heavily towards LSU. It would take a Herculean effort for them to lose this game, in my opinion. Yeah, and look, when you're looking at the defensive numbers compared to last year, they were 129th defensively, (laughs) and so 80th sounds good. But it's not good as it relates to playing championship-level football. Um, They don't create enough takeaways on the defense as Oklahoma. you know, they're, 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 they're not really as good as you need to be, as, as you mentioned, in the red zone and even in third downs against really good offenses. And here's the other thing. Everyone assumes, well, the defense, the numbers are down, but they're playing a bunch of great offenses. Not so. There's, there's really not great offenses in the Big 12. This yeah. year. That's the big misnomer. Um, you know, Texas at times can play well. Baylor's functional uh, at times Oklahoma State can be, but th- we're not talking about the typical light them up Big Twelve offenses. Nobody, nobody, the best performances in the Big Twelve wouldn't even match an average day for LSU's offense. So again, it's going to be, it's going to have to require Oklahoma to do something that they've not done done all year long. They're, first of all, they're going to need help from LSU. LSU is going to have to turn it over. Oklahoma is going to have to take control of the game with the run game. And it is going to be the complete opposite in the past when they've made a couple of playoff appearances where people wanted to keep the ball away from Oklahoma's offense, Oklahoma's offense, their mission is going to be to try to control the football and keep it away from LSU's offense. Because as strange as this sounds in a year ago, two years ago, it would be like you you just misspoke, but saying this, but this Oklahoma offense can't keep up with LSU's offense. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to require them to reduce possessions and win field position and win the turnover badge. Uh, and they've not faced a good passing quarterback all year long. Not one. Nope. Not one at all. I mean, uh, it, it's just, you know, you've had a couple of guys that have been pretty decent. Sam Ellinger and Brock Purdy and Charlie Brewer and De'Ara King and Jet Duffy. Nothing like the group of receivers or the quarterback that they're going to face. So, listen, I'm hoping this game is close. I hope it's a second-quarter game from a viewer standpoint that it's going to be really close and maybe have a chance. 
But but my fear is that we have seen blowouts in these yeah. type of games. Yes, we have. And you know, in these you know a lot of these playoff games, these semifinals, some of them are really dogs. Mm-hmm. And I hope this is not a dog, at least from a viewer standpoint. The winner obviously is going to be happy with winning big, but uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be an issue right here. And you know, maybe maybe Oklahoma can score enough points to keep it into a fourth quarter game and have a chance to win it then. While this one might be a dog, Chris, the other one is certainly going to be a dog fight. Clemson and Ohio State, among the two top three, you mentioned three best teams in the country, it's LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State as the top three. It's not even close. And as I talked about LSU being the fifth-ranked team in the nation and finishing drives offensively, Ohio State's number two. Clemson is also bringing in a defense that is number five in the country in sacks. We know what they can do defensively, even with all the players that they lost to the NFL. We know what Ohio State can do offensively. We know what Clemson can do offensively. And we know what Ohio State can do defensively with arguably the best defensive player in the country in Chase Young. This game is such a coin flip to me. I find it hard to pick a winner. And I'm just going to sit back, kick my feet up, and enjoy this ride because it's going to be a phenomenal game, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And the only thing that would make this game not a classic is just if somebody makes mistakes, which we see can happen in both of these teams, can capitalize on your mistakes and win this game by 13, 17 points. I mean, they're good enough to beat you if you don't bring your best game and you don't play your smartest game and you don't play your cleanest game of the year. So pure and simple, you can be good Ohio state and Clemson, but you better be good on Saturday, December 28th, because you're likely going to face a team that's going to bring their best. Um, They're a little bit different, a little bit more drop back quarterback in Clemson, a little bit more dual threat guy that can make plays outside the pocket. But I mean, Justin Fields. 40 touchdowns, one interception, 10 rushing scores. Unbelievable. Um, Great talent. J.K. Dobbins is fantastic. Uh, You know, we can talk about the best running backs in the country. J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne in this game is as good as any. The offensive line for Florida State's outstanding. Um, You can sack the quarterback on this offensive line, but good luck playing the run game against them. It's tough. Clemson is a better team than Ohio State's played at any point in time during the year. And Ohio State's the best team that Clemson's played by far any time during the year. Uh, Ohio State's got great receiving core. Clemson's got a great receiving core. Um, You know, the, the defense for Ohio State is great. It's more than Chase Young. I think that Ohio State's defensive front is a tad better than Clemson's at this point. The linebacking core is outstanding. They may have as good a defensive back in Jeff uh, Jeff Redua as there is in the country. Uh, Clemson, I know, hasn't played a tough schedule, folks. There is a difference. People ask me all the time. How can you look at a team and how you know? Look, folks, I can look at team A and team B. Both are unbeaten. And I can tell you that Team B is unbeaten mainly due to the fact that their level of competition. Team A could line up and play anybody. Now, I know they didn't, but they would likely win all of those games. Um, This is an unbelievable 
Clemson defense that's replaced a lot of starters on their defensive line, but the linebacking core is outstanding. Isaiah Simmons, and this is maybe the negative part, one of the negative parts about playing a schedule that's not real weak, is that's not real strong, is Isaiah Simmons is without question the best player in the country that nobody's talked about. Because everybody's talked about Chase Young and other guys. Isaiah Simmons is a beast. Butkus Ward winner, but <laughs> underrated to some degree <laughs> because he's just outstanding. Um, lots of negative plays, havoc plays. The secondary didn't allow a 300-yard passer all year long. They haven't given up more than 160 yards on the ground unless they're bored, and they just dominate. Um, so this is going to be a, a, an issue. Ohio State has struggled a little bit with ball security. Okay, it hadn't killed them because no one's good enough to beat them. If they turn the football over here, look out. This Clemson defense is going to be tough to deal with. And if you turn the football over and give it to this Clemson offense, uh, you end up in a game like this where one team has one to two more possessions than the other. That's the difference. The Clemson has forced 28 turnovers um, and with two or more in four of their last five games, six of the last eight. Clemson doesn't turn the football over. So, look, I mean, Ohio State's played tougher opponents. It's not going to matter when it comes to this game. It's not an indicator of who's better or not. Um, you know, when, you, when I look at all, the difference maybe in this game, potentially the turnovers, the other thing, is, and again, you're playing a better opponent, so keep this in mind. Michigan threw the football very well on Ohio State. Now, nobody talks about it or even cares about it because Ohio State blows out Michigan again, and that's the narrative. But Shea Patterson and Michigan threw the football well and dropped the number of balls that could have made it a lot more interesting. Clemson not dropping those balls. They're not making those points. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, I think that is, that is going to be key. So when I look at it and break it down and boy, I've studied every game of every team, uh, both of these teams, all the, all four of these teams. Um, look, I mean, they've won 28 games in a row, mm -hmm. 71 and two against teams not named Alabama since mid-November of 2014. Let's remind folks, we're getting ready to turn the challenger calendar to 2020. I mean, think about that. Um, Ohio State, ironically, and this has nothing to do with anything, but it's a kind of a cute stat. You realize Ohio State has never beaten Clemson? Uh, they lost 31-0 a couple of years ago in the playoff. They did, and the most famous game was 1978, and the last game of Woody Hayes wow. uh, when he punched Charlie Bowman and that was it. <laughs> they, they only own three. So that, that doesn't mean anything. Ohio State's good enough to beat Clemson this year. Will they? I'm like you. I think this is going to be a game in which who's a little bit sharper, who protects the football a little bit better. I think that's going to be key. Penalties, a little hidden yardage, little things, little minute details are going to determine this game, I think, because I'm going to go under the assumption that both are going to play at a high level uh, and be very effective. So I'm excited as you are. I, I'm less confident who's going to win. If somebody forced me to pick, 
uh, and I'm going to have it on LandryFootball.com. So I'll go ahead and, and, and say that because you, you kind of, I'm not required, but you're asked to pick one. <laughs> I give Clemson an edge. I probably pick Clemson, but it by no means do I think, boy, Clemson's going to win it. You No, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know who's going to win it because I just don't know who's going to do those little things a little bit better because I think both teams are good. I do think these are the two best teams in the country, and I want to see what comes out of this game health-wise. But I mm-hmm. do think the winner of this game is probably going to win the national championship. Wow. Probably. We're okay. going to save that until we break down the championship because I might change on that based upon – how things look of and, course. Uh, on both on both sides. Well, I think you and I both agree we're not going to see the 31 nothing outcome that we saw in the uh, I guess that was the Fiesta Bowl a couple of, oh still yeah it was the Fiesta Bowl same game Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago in the college football playoff when uh, yes. Clemson defeated Ohio State. So hey that's ironic it's it's the Fiesta Bowl again between these two teams. Yeah, it was a kind of a shootout type of game uh you know but you no know, I think this is this is a matchup that again somebody would have to play very poorly and stub their toe and turn it over if we were going to have a, um, a, a decisive win. So yeah. the let's remind our folks as our gambling expert, um, the line on this game is Clemson is two and a half point favorites and you feel it's too close to call. So yes. So uh, you would I probably, would, I would probably advise to stay yes. away from it, but well, if you, if you did it, what would you yes, correct. Correct. I would say stay away. If you are inclined to play it, though, I would take Ohio State and I would probably buy a half a point so that you get Ohio State plus three. If they lose the game by a field goal, you wind up pushing. So it's an it's no bet. I just think that in a game that's this close, I always lean towards taking the points because I just feel like it's going to be a close game regardless. And Mm -hmm. both teams can win. So if you're going to give me points. I might as well take them. So that's where I that's where I lean on this game. It makes sense. Now in LSU, Oklahoma, it is you said thirteen point favorite LSU. Mm-hmm. What would you advise on that game? It's LSU or nothing. Uh, I it, I think that even though it's a high spread, it's still under two touchdowns, and at that magic number of thirteen. See, see, in in sports betting, you want to stay away from key numbers, mm-hmm. or you actually want to play on to key numbers. Like three and seven and 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 numbers like that. 10, 14, 13, 10 and 14. 13 is a is a number as well because there's a possibility of a 13 point victory. Right. So I don't like 13 and a half. I do like 13 because I think a push does come into play there. Uh, I'll tell you what I think I might do is uh, for you gambling folks out there, I might do a little two team teaser action and take LSU, push them down to like minus seven. And then take Ohio State and push them up to eight and a half. So you get LSU minus seven, and then you get Ohio State plus eight and a half by moving the line six to six and a half points in either direction. I think that oh, might be the way to go. There you go, folks. You can't get it any better than that. <laughs> and, and let's remind folks, you can get more of this betting information uh, from Scott. Tell them where, Scott. That's right. The Sharp Edge Sports Betting Podcast also brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. It's myself, it's Brandon Lang, and it's Aaron Coscarelli, who you see on DirecTV's Fantasy Zone every single Sunday. So you want to check that out. And you want to check out LandryFootball.com because there's breakdowns, there's analysis, there's everything that you need to make an informative decision on any 
game that you want to bet, whether it's college football or the NFL. And if you just want to be a smarter football fan, Chris, you got to be a member of LandryFootball.com. I've been telling people it's a no-brainer for years now. And uh, if you haven't joined already, I don't know what you're waiting for. Well, it's a good time. It's it's never a bad time, but it's a good time. It's a great holiday gift for you, last minute, or you want to give something uh, post-holiday to a loved one or to yourself. We've got a 50% holiday discount. And for you college fans, every bowl game, we break it down. Now, not just the, the, the point spread and all that, but but just but mainly focusing on the X's and O's. Talking about the game from a personnel standpoint, the personnel matchups, how it'll play out. We will give a, a list of pro prospects to watch in this game. So if you're a an NFL fan, but sometimes college fan, you watch the bowl games, you want to see how these guys are going to ma- give you pro prospects. So a lot of in-depth breakdowns of where the strengths are, the games within the game. So all of these two games, of course, but all the other bowl games that we've got for you at LandryFootball.com, all the news and notes going around the world of uh, college football as well as the NFL for those NFL fans. So it's one-stop shopping football. Again, a great holiday gift. Check it out, 50% discount. Um, Take advantage of it today. And we want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah. We will celebrate New Year's next week together with you guys as we preview the college football playoff national championship game. And then it's going to be all-star games. We're going to be getting ready for the draft and the combine. There's so much to get into. The season doesn't stop with the national championship game. I can promise you that. For Chris Landry, I'm Scott Seidenberg. From all of us here at the Believe Podcast Network, wishing you a happy holiday season and reminding you, please subscribe rate review the college football film room wherever you get your podcasts from or check us out on believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v.com happy holidays chris enjoy the games i'll talk to you next week hey look forward to everybody happy holidays thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.